Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's 134 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer working out of the home office for a while, along with Brendan Escott. The 630 Chad Studios. Do you want to mention Brent Rich Ford and what's asked when focused on your health and peace of mind? Right now, they're offering special discounts to those battling the COVID-19 pandemic on the front lines. This includes Canadian Forces personnel, first responders, professional health care workers, pharmacists, and pharmacy techs. Find out about how Brent Ridge Ford is built to lend a hand by calling one 477 3673 or visit BrentRidge.com. You can reach Uncle Milt Johnny and Rich at Brent Ridge 4. John Shannon, our NHL insider, joins us right now. John, how are you doing? Great, Bob. Good. Uh, hey, we just had Brian Burke on, as you know, and uh, we sort of discussed the range of options that could potentially be there if the National Hockey League is fortuitous enough to get back up and, and going here for uh, a conclusion, resumption of either the uh, the regular season and or uh, the playoffs and at this stage of the game. Uh, did you see Elliot uh, Friedman's 31 thoughts today? Oh, yes, yeah. 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 Uh, he hypothesized that we may see the elimination of seven teams and have a 24-team playoff uh, with maybe a team from the Central coming over to the, to the Pacific. Just your thoughts on that concept. Well, I mean, uh, I, I think that they're trying to do things. Uh, uh, I mean, I think they're considering almost everything. Uh, to me, though, I, I, it, it, it's not as logical as trying to maintain some sort of consistency of the divisions in order to try to get to a conference final and a Stanley Cup final. Uh, and ho- and let's let's hope by the time we get to a Stanley Cup final, Bob, that we can actually put people in arenas, maybe yeah. not eighteen thousand people, but m- maybe five or six thousand people. Um, wow. And it, to me, it still makes the most sense um, if they went by division uh, more than anything else. Um, but the biggest the bigger concern right now, I think, from that that point of view of the you know the ten to fourteen teams that are. Uh, being considered as hub cities, how many are coming from the same division? And when you look at the, look at the success of Edmonton and Alberta from managing COVID-19 um, and Vegas, let's say, who, who can, with their arena and their back of house and the hotels available, they could manage to be a hub city. Well, those are two cities from the same division. Um, and, and who would play there and how would they play there? So that, to me, uh, is is something that's rather interesting. Let's remember, we're only talking about arenas. We're not talking about putting people in them right now. So it doesn't matter if, in my opinion, it doesn't really matter um, whether it's a home team game or not. Whether Edmonton plays at home, it doesn't matter to me because I think that in the end they're going to have to play some quote-unquote road games and give the other team, you know, last change. You know, bench position, the whole the whole kit and caboodle of what being a home team is all about. Well, we know that uh, BC, uh, and who's dramatically increased their testing over the last couple of days, because at one point per capita they were testing at about half the rate of Alberta, but they've really ramped it up here. Uh, 
You know, they only had 25 new positive tests in the entire province yesterday in B.C. Uh, they are probably, as a province of a whole, ahead of, clearly ahead of Alberta. I mean, they've got uh, about 40% of the positive cases. But Edmonton, as you know, John, 2,200 cases the last three days, or 2,200 tests, one positive test in the last three days in Edmonton. So we're here in Vancouver. We're here in Edmonton. We're here in Vegas. Right. They're all in the Pacific Division. Are you saying that... If Edmonton theoretically won the and was the is there a chance they wouldn't host the Pacific Division? Possibly, there, th- yeah. that is a yeah. possibility because it won't matter. I mean, right. there's nobody in the building, Bob. Would it save the expenses? Right. Would it save the only yeah. the only reason home, the only reason home ice advantage really comes a factor is that when you have eighteen thousand screaming Oilers fans, right? Well, you're not going to have anybody, so. You're not you're not worried about selling tickets at this point, so you could in theory play the Pacific Division in Vegas, and the Central Division in Edmonton, because you're you're only watching on television anyway. Right. Absolutely. So it doesn't. I I, I, I struggled with this for a while, and then I realized it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I mean, we could do Edmonton, Toronto, uh, Tampa, and Vegas. Um, and and be in a situation where it doesn't really matter who plays where, and and it would probably make the most sense um, if uh, if if they if Toronto had the, I mean one of the, at one point a, a team is probably going to end up being a home team period, whether it's Tampa or right. Vegas or Edmonton or Toronto. Sure. But I mean Toronto could host the uh, the Metro Division, and Tampa could host the. Uh, uh, the Atlantic Division. It would probably make more sense for the other way around because uh, all the metro teams are in the United States and travel would be easier without going across the border. Same thing for Vegas doing the Central Division except for Winnipeg. Uh, and the fact that there are three Canadian teams uh, in the in the Pacific, it makes more sense to put travel uh, as an issue uh, between uh, Vancouver, Calgary, and Edmonton. Yeah, but I mean, or, I, those are these are all the logistical issues that they never stop talking about. I'm sure, yeah. uh, hour after hour, in the NHL office, in the NHLPA office, in the uh, return to play committee discussions, um, that uh, never, I would assume, never stop, ta- never, never stop being de- dealt with. Uh, Berkey has been very cautious and not necessarily optimistic. Some would say he's been pragmatic. And uh, he suggested, you know, they might only be able to get an eight-team playoff. That's all they might be able to fit in to have it. And do you think the league would go go for that? No, I don't. Um, I, I mean, I think I think the reality in in my mind is, your is the Stanley Cup playoffs as we know them um, take two months to play. Yep. We had 189 regular season games to finish mm-hmm. the, the, the 2020 season. Um, I think they're going to try to finish some semblance of a regular season and play the Stanley Cup playoffs in August, September, if it, if it can happen, which would allow a buffer of the month of October before you start playing in November for the next regular season. Um, the only compromise I, see, I would suggest uh, that the NHL would consider, and I, I know they've talked about it, is making every series best three out of five with the Stanley Cup final a best four out of seven. Yeah. 
Yeah. But, uh, and again, I mean, it, it literally has to. It's got to be confusing for the managers because it, it seems like we, we, we hear. And there's no wrong answers at this stage, John, because we're looking for solutions. Well, right? and what you're looking for is you're looking for guidance. And just as the, you know, the, the board had their. Uh, uh, infectious disease uh, specialist on the call with them on Monday. The managers next week will have the same guy talking to them about the issues. Um, what we're looking for is we're looking for guidance, support, and, and then the confidence that they're doing the right thing for everybody and as little a, amount of whining by the teams as possible. Right. You know, they're, they're trying to build a system that works as well for everyone as it does. There's going to be no perfect system. Uh, it's going to be. We're going to hear that. We've talked about it before. We're going to hear the phrase "the new normal" all the time, uh, and we're just trying to find a way to cope to be as fair as possible for all 31 teams. Uh, speaking of whining or you know different perspectives, I, I was thinking late towards last week that we might have an announcement early this week on the draft. And now it sounds like that's been pushed back. Has that been pushed back? Because there was pushback from a lot of the managers. Well, and I, and I think that there was probably, you know, the, how it would work is that Bill and Gary would, uh, and, and their people in the office in New York, wrote their, the, the, the weekly memo uh, that went out on the Friday and, and, uh, and uh, gave a brief uh, description of how the draft would occur and why, and why they were doing it. Um, and it was put out there from a timing perspective. It was put out there so that it was it was it was available to the owners when they talked to Gary on Monday. Uh, and um, I think that there was a bit of pushback. And I think what Gary does, what Gary and Bill do all the time, is set out trial balloons. What is the reaction to this? Okay, we need to work on this. We need to find a way again to, re- to remain fair, um, but without being you know dictatorial. Uh, and that's and that's something that they're going through on a regular basis. Because it, it, let's face it, Bob. In many ways, uh, as informed as as all the people in the high tower are, they know as much as we do. They, you know, and and who knows how things are going to be in the state of Texas. Um, if, if who knows how things are going to be in the in you know New Jersey, Connecticut, New York next week. Uh, we don't know what they're going to be like uh, tomorrow, let alone in the, on the first of August. So we're all we're all playing a game of preparation, 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 and then wait, and then we'll wait again and wait again. But just be prepared for that day. All right. About six weeks ago, as we're joined by our NHL insider John Shannon, John, you talked a bit about how TV, theoretically, and radio, to a lesser extent, could work. Elliot has hit on that. Uh, you were huge. Were you not the head of broadcasting for the NHL at one point? I was. Yes. All right. So we know. Maybe explain to our listeners kind of um, the options that are there to potentially broadcast moving forward, and how they could be potentially affected as a direct result of COVID and the limitations that come with COVID. Well, uh, you know, I don't think there are a ton of options, Bob. Uh, I, I only think, and, and we can sit here and the, the networks are talking about things and looking like they're, uh, they're, they're being, uh, having great uh, dialogue and, and con- concerned about scenarios. I only think there's one option, uh, and that is to create one broadcast feed um, that will um, um, cover the game 
and be available to all those people, uh, all the broadcasters that need the feed. It's very similar to what happens at an Olympics, right. where there is one feed, and then everybody, whether it's uh, CBC or uh, the BBC or uh, you know, NHK in Japan, all work work off the the same feed. And I I suspect that that's what the and it's called a pool feed. I suspect that's a, it's a pool feed of of cameras. Uh, it's a pool feed that includes audio of international sound, which is the sticks and and uh, and pucks and and ice. I would normally say crowd, but crowd won't be a factor. But we're going to probably hear the players a bit a bit better, uh, and 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 that will be fed to the broadcasters to use uh, at their discretion. Uh, and and that really, uh, when you're thinking about a compromise scenario, that's the only way to do it, in, in my opinion. And then in terms of the broadcasters, uh, are we talking one broadcast group that's out of one location, or do they sit there and, and broadcast out of a production studio in, you know, a respective nationals, yeah. it's like in Toronto or something, uh, for theoretically for Sportsnet for Canada? Is that how you Because you, you kind of... That, that's what I would do. Uh, yeah. that, that's what I would do. Now, they may, there may be a discussion between... Um, if, if, they, if the NHL deems every game is national, then there's really only uh, three groups to deal with. NBC in the United States, Rogers in Canada in English, and then um, uh, TVA Sports in French. TVA Sports uh, does most of its non-Montreal Canadiens Ottawa Senators games uh, from the studio anyway. You know, right. if, the, if Edmonton's playing Vancouver on a Tuesday night and it's, it's on TVA Sports, those announcers are in a studio in Montreal calling it uh, off the monitor. Um, I, I would suspect that if if you want to create your own brand, your own style, then you put your announcers in a central place like Toronto where all the feeds are coming into and you call the play-by-play and uh, the analysis from there with your studio guys. Uh, if uh, if they want to have a pool feed, a set of announcers that's agreeable uh, to all the announcers uh, and all the teams that would save money, that would be a, a one play-by-play guy, one analyst in each arena. But if you're going to do three games a day, I mean, I don't think that that's ration- realistic to think that every announcer could do three games a day. I think you'd have to have a couple of sets of announcers to do that. And one final one for you, totally, uh, you know, we've not really talked about this much. It's pretty disappointing what was out there and just a reflection of today's society. Uh, the Brendan Leipzig thing that got out yesterday on social media. Uh, I know I've spoken uh, at events uh, for, I'm not on Instagram. Uh, as you know, I only do Twitter. Do you, are you on Instagram, John? Very quietly. Yeah. Uh, but I, I know no, if you want if you want hockey for me, you're not following on Instagram, <laughs> right? Uh, and I guess where I'm going with this is I know for a fact that teams check into the respective draft eligible players, uh, the history of their Instagram and, and Twitter accounts. That's all due process. It just reinforces again that guys got to be careful and smart. Wow, stupid people do stupid things. You know, I mean, uh, the the. The inability and the, in, uh, the, the lack of understanding of how uh, unsecure uh, the Internet and social media can be uh, is something that you always have to be aware of if you're a public figure. And it was silly. It was silly on both of their parts, um, and uh, they will be punished accordingly. 
John, we look forward to talking with you on Monday. I'm not sure we're going to have much more clarity, but uh, we'll come up with some... Uh, oh, Bob, we can think of some gold by then. Well, you know, we can actually talk about some of the... Uh, Maybe a bit about Detroit and the legendary Goose Looney's night. I know you never, uh, during your production times, you never swung by Barry T's or Goose Looney's after a, a game. Well, I'll tell you what, I remember sitting there and watching Jacques Demers tell every reporter before the game, they, they, my guys were at Goose Looney's, what do we do? You know, Peter Klima, way to go, Peter. Well, he traded him to the Oilers a couple years later, and he scored a big goal. I think Peter could dig himself out of Goose Looney's. That's the thing. There's uh, some guys that can run and uh, still play. Another, it's called playing guilty, isn't it? A little bit of that. Uh, when you and when you got Bob Probert on your team, you're going to Goose Looney's whether you want to or not. So. <laughs> there you go. We'll hit on that on Monday. Thanks for your time, John. Have a uh, good weekend. Yeah, you too, Bob. Bye-bye. One, yeah, absolutely. It's 150 in Edmonton. We're going to take a timeout and then take a trip down this day in Oilers history when we come back. Is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. All right, just before we go to this day in Oilers history, you can text us on our Ashley Fine Floors text line at 780-496-0063. This text comes in from Cobra Dan. He says, Bob, smart people do stupid things too. Uh, Okay, if you say so, you must be smart. Um. (laughs) Texas <laughs> at seven eight zero four nine six. This text comes in saying, "Bob, after watching Anderson Cooper interview the Vegas mayor, I wouldn't want my teams playing any games there." That one comes to us from Beth. That's from like three weeks ago, isn't it? That was a pretty interesting uh, conversation. Um, Bob, if you're a home team and you play in the city that you live in, are you in quarantine and a hotel, or can you sleep at your house? I don't know. Um, there you go. Another text says, Oilers playing on their home ice, changing in their own dressing room, sleeping in their own beds. Is this not an advantage from uh, Fear the Fin? You can make that argument. Um, it would be an advantage. And Hacksaw agrees. He's texted us at 780-496-0063. He says, Bob, I don't care how you slice it. Playing in your home rink is an advantage. Cobra Dan has come back to me and said, only when I'm not being stupid, Bob. Uh, There you go. Uh, We all have our moments. We all have times that we'd like to have back. That's part of uh, getting older, right? You realize the older you get, the more you realize, the less you know. Bob, uh, eight teams, and they expect the Leafs to agree to play all games in Toronto when their team is not involved. From David, a Leaf fan. Hmm. Again, we uh, got some love for Berkey saying, uh, love that guy. There you go. (laughs) Well, thanks for that. Somebody is sending me some stuff uh, that I think was directed towards Ryan Jesperson's show from a while ago. Thank you very much for that. We'll be finding a way to get it done. We did not discuss that concept. Uh, Hey, Bob. Worst 90s song actually occurred during the Louis DeBrusque interview. Who Let the Dogs Out from uh, Jason from Sangudo. That was, was that a 90s song? That was a bad song. That was like 97, 98. BMAX says, Bob, uh, when Louis' dog started barking, was that a byproduct of the Royal Pizza just arriving? Oh, very well done. Well done, BMAC. See, and they say advertising doesn't work. To this day in Oilers history, it is uh, brought to you all season long by New West Travel. 
who obviously, given the context of what's going on right now, uh, are uh, not currently advertising, but uh, we're hoping to have them back once we get going again. That's going to be an industry that changes as well. Listy and Oilers history back in 1987, because we used to start the show, Leon Dreisaitl scoring three goals, five points against Anaheim. Game six of the second-round playoff series in 2017. Brendan Escott's going to go back 30 years earlier. What do you got, Brendan? Grant Fear turns aside 17 of 18 shots, and Marc Messier scores twice as the Oilers beat the Red Wings 4-1 at Northlands to tie the Campbell Conference Final at one game apiece. Guess where I watched that game? Was it at Barry T's? No, it was <laughs> in Avola, British Columbia. You ever been to Evola? I've definitely driven through it. I don't You've know dri- what else somebody would do there. but uh. <laughs> well, They got one bar. That's all I'm going to tell you. Because half our camp was up there at 87 watching that game in Evola. I remember the opening game of the Campbell Conference Final. Uh, for the listeners that don't know, it's down by Clearwater and Blue River. So... Uh, special places in the BC interior. We got a BC interior kid back in the studio, Brennan Escott, who's from the uh, wonderful metropolis. Interesting that he mentioned Kamloops, eh? Uh, Berkey there when he talked about he talked about the fact that seventy thousand people have died in uh, in the United States. That'd be like losing Kamloops. Kind of put things in perspective, didn't it? Yeah, well, Kamloops is a little bit bigger than that, especially with the surrounding area. But you're right, it does. And what I'll say about that: great place to grow up, great place to retire. There you go. <laughs> what was what was Connor's uh, line after he scored that goal against Toronto? It's great. To, it's great to come visit here. It's even it's better to leave. To leave yeah. Oh man, that was well done. Okay. Uh, Tomorrow's show, we have a jam-packed edition of Oilers Now tomorrow for the River Cree Resort Casino, Elliot Friedman. And we recommend uh, his 31 Thoughts, which comes out sort of Wednesday, Thursday-ish each week. Um, we will have head coach... Coach of the Year. Not bad. Brad Lauer, WHL Coach of the Year coming up tomorrow. Uh, Jonathan Willis of the Athletic Fame has written a really good piece on uh, Connor McDavid's first five seasons in the National Hockey League. And my play-by-play broadcast partner, Jack Michaels. Tonight... Inside sports, what Reed, what's Reed Wilkins got shaking? You're going to hear from Toronto sports columnist from the Athletic, Sean Fitzgerald. There you go. Uh, Reed shows on seven to eight. The Global News Hour is at six. Uh, immediately following this, we'll have a Global News Weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. More ongoing coverage: COVID-19 pandemic throughout the course of the 6:30 afternoons of Jalen Nye. Three o'clock today for Dr. Dina Hinshaw. So long, everybody from Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.